Well, we're talking about faith again. Amen. Faith is always on the agenda. Until this earth, you know, heaven and earth will remain, but faith will never go away. You know, back in the in the 70s, they were talking about the faith movement. Faith is not a movement. Faith is here to stay because the kingdom revolves around faith. You cannot get nothing from God without faith. Some type of expectation. You know, you have to, you know, have faith and keep faith in your life so that you can overcome. The Bible says that your victory, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even your faith. So your faith is the key to your victory. Amen. Every time. It has. It doesn't matter what kind of good deeds you do. Because that can be deeds of the flesh. But you must incorporate faith with what you do to please God. Because without faith, it's impossible to please him. You don't please God unless you use your faith. Amen. So your faith is the key to victory. Amen. So what we have to do to get our faith back on track, it's kind of like get back on the victory trail. Amen. Sometimes you can take a veer off the road and then you stop getting blessed and you say, what did I do? You know, somewhere, somehow you got off the victory road. Amen. And so what you do is you rekindle your, your uh, faith. You know, you get acquainted with your faith again. Amen. Are you here today? Amen. You rediscover your faith. You know, sometimes the devil can beat you up so bad, you, you know, you can just feel like, man, I missed it. I, mi- I keep missing it. Why do I keep missing it? And see, it's because you have to get in alignment with your faith rediscover it it's there it has to be there because the word of god says that god has given us the measure of faith amen and so you have to rediscover it rekindle it or in other words i say get back on the victory road with your faith amen your faith can do it it moves mountains so we have to get back on track get that victory back to receive your harvest this is what you want you don't care what you have to do for it just do it amen just get it done amen believe believe and this is something that is very important believe when it's dark what god told you in the light believe when it's dark what god told you in the light In other words, when you were receiving that promise and you got the word of the Lord from the prophet and you rejoiced, you know, go back and then you don't, it don't look like it's happening. That's when it's dark. Are y'all here today? So in other words, you have to keep believing. This is where people veer off and they get off the victory road. Amen. Because when it looks dark or when it looks bleak or when they don't see any movement, things don't look like it's changing. Are y'all here today? We start to judge God, judge him not faithful, judge him, you know, well, I knew this wasn't going to happen. You start listening to your flesh and listening to other people. You know, religious people will always point out to you something you did wrong, always. So don't ask the religious, amen? You, you get before God and you ask him what it is that you need to do to get back on the victory road. Amen. Believe when it's dark what God told you in the light. 
that prophecy that you received. You don't see it come to pass. It doesn't look like God is, is fulfilling his promise. You got to still believe it because when darkness comes, your faith is what brings light. Your faith is what brings victory to a dark time, to a time when heaven seems like it's shut down and it's God is quiet and there's no answer. And you wonder, what is God, what has taken him so long? Amen. And so what we have to do is we have to believe what he's already told us because it's true. Amen. In fact, it's already done. All we have to do is get in alignment with what God has already said, what he's already promised, because he's not a man that he would lie. It's a good thing to get reacquainted with God and his promises and his principles. You know, it's not all the time that we, it's too late. It's not all the time that we've done something wrong. Amen. But it's sometimes God allows the darkness to let us know who we are, to let us know what we have, to let us know what we need to do, to let us know how strong our faith is and how weak it is. Amen. Amen. And so God wants us to stay on that victory road and not veer off because of how things look. I can't stress to you enough not to look at how things look. Faith is being sure of what we hope for with no visible evidence. That's what faith is. Faith is that you're sure, even though it looks bleak, even though it looks dark, even though heaven seems to have shut up. And, and God is silent, and he's not said anything to you. But God is watching to see what's inside of you. And so what you have to do is keep on praising, keep on thanking, keep on dancing in the spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. When, when heaven is dark, when heaven has shut its mouth, and God is not saying anything to you, what are you doing? Are you worshiping? Are you praising? Are you thanking him? Or are you depressed and discouraged and down? See, all these things matter. When heaven is not speaking to you, what are you doing? Faith is being sure of what we hope for with no visible evidence. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of what you can't see. See, what you can't see, if you turn this around, what you can't see is your evidence. Does that make sense? What you can't see is the evidence that God is at work. Because the devil can give you false manifestations. And that's what he does to religious people. Let me tell you how they, they operate. Well, I know it's God because this happened. That happened. Well, the devil orchestrated that to keep you on the wrong road. Honey, God confirms himself with signs following. He confirms himself through the word always because he is the word his son is the word amen faith is being sure of what we hope for with no visible evidence it's belief and it's trust in god so why do we follow after god this is a question that um i saw miles monroe ask a group when he were he was preaching uh recently he asked them why did they follow god Amen. He said, this is a question that must be answered within every person. Every person needs to ask themselves, why do you follow God? 
is within you. And he says that most people follow God for the blessing. And and we do too. Amen. Most people follow God for the blessing. And then when something bad happens, they don't follow God anymore. They backslide. When things are not going their way and they don't see the blessing, they backslide. That's why you follow God for the blessing. But you're supposed to follow him because you love him. Amen. Hallelujah. Most people follow God for the blessing. And then when something bad happens, they don't follow him anymore. That's because you're, you have not made your election sure. Most people base God on good stuff, bad stuff. He loves you. If you can walk and talk and you're not in a hospital with tubes running all up and down your arms, you you got something to be thankful for, amen? Hallelujah. So why do we follow God? You have to answer this within yourself. Hallelujah. Some folks use faith as a manipulating tool to get God to do something for them. Yeah, we, we manipulate God with our faith. You know, because see, we as Christians been uh, serving God for years. We know how to manipulate God. You know, we're getting faith for a season and do everything right because we know how to do that. And then when we see the blessings come, we quit doing anything. That's called manipulating. Well, that went over well, but whatever. But do you keep your faith in God when he fails you? Do you pray? Do you praise? Do you worship when he fails you? See, if, if what's on the inside of you is strong, you will keep praising, keep thanking. Is it hard? Yes. But you will keep thanking him, praising him, lifting up holy hands, even when heaven has shut its mouth and it doesn't seem like God is answering your prayer. Amen. So we need to keep the faith. Keep your faith in God. Even when he fails us. Because remember there is life after the storm. In other words, this storm's going to pass. You know, when Paul walked on the water, it was a turbulent, it was, it was a storm. And when he walked on water, he, you know, and the storm raged. In fact, when he got out there, the Bible says, if you read it, 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 the storm got worse because he was out there walking. We know that he failed, but it took faith and courage for him to step out. He stepped out in faith. Amen. And so what we need to do is we need to trust God even when it looks bad. Trust him when it looks like he's not going to come through for us. Still serve him. Don't be a, uh, what is that person? Um, uh you know, people who do something in front of the boss, eye servant. See, manipulation is eye service to God. And then when you don't get what you want, you I'm done with God. He ain't real. That's why so many people think he's not real. Because they don't understand the concepts of God. See, it's like this. God knows what's in our hearts already. Amen. So the, but they never think maybe that's why it didn't come. Because he's trying to get our hearts right toward him. So let's go to 1 John 5. Hallelujah. 1 John 5. Hallelujah.
1 John 5, verse 3. It says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Some people think that it's so hard to follow God. The Bible said right there that his commandments are not burdensome because the love of God. See, if you know that God loves you and you walk in his love, he, you allow his grace to help you step by step, day by day, and it's not burdensome. Amen. You're not afraid that you're going to mess up. You're not afraid that God's mad at you. If you walk in love, Walk in the love of God and receive his love. Following his commandments are not burdensome. And verse 4 says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. So if you're born again, you will overcome the world. And the Bible says, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So in other words, your faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Your faith, faith is the victory Well, your faith is the weapon of warfare against the world. What is the world? Ungodly system. The world is an ungodly system. That's why we like it so much because it's very tempting, very interesting, very tantalizing. But it says whatever is born of God. Sometimes people find out they're not even born again. Thought thought they were and they found out I'm, I'm really not born again. Amen. But whatever is born of God overcomes the world. If you are born again, you will overcome adversity. That's what this Bible is saying. Everybody ought to say amen. Hallelujah. It says, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. The Bible just told you how to get victory, your faith. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Your faith. Your faith is the key to your victory. Amen. Don't ever let your faith go. Don't ever let your faith wane. Amen. Hallelujah. Some days you you might feel like you ain't even saved. You might feel like you can't serve God another day. But don't let go of your hope. Don't let go of faith. Amen. Hallelujah. If you don't let go, then serving God is not a burden. It's a joy, and it's a delight. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, when you feel like you're doing something you don't want to do when you're serving God, that's because you've got flesh, too much flesh. And that's easily taken care of with reading the Word of God. Reading the Word of God gets rid of that flesh. Amen? That's an easy fix. People just don't fix it. Amen. Easy fix. Anything that's, that's tantalizing your flesh can get, uh, be gotten rid of with the washing of the water of the word. The word of God washes and renew your flesh. Amen. And the Bible says it makes you into a new person, the new man. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Why? Because you've been washed by the water of the word. Amen. So our faith brings victory over the world, over temptation, over all of these things that try to pull us in and pull us away from God. Our faith in God. No matter how hard life gets, no matter how many knockdowns you've had, 
you don't stop serving God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Your faith is a spiritual weapon by which we can combat both temptation and persecution in this godless society. I think I've said that in so many ways. For whatever is born of God is victorious over the world. He who, who believes that Jesus is the Son of God, who adheres to the trust and rely on that fact, is victorious. Now, see, this is what we think. We think that we have to do everything right, the do's and the don'ts. That's religion. Amen. I'm going to say that again. That's religion. Amen. But if you love God and not give up hope in what he has promised you, if you love him and if you allow him to love you back, this is what keeps you out of the the grips of the devil. This is what keeps you out of the snares of the devil. It's not your good actions. See, let me tell you how the devil uses us against us. He makes you feel like, see, you didn't do that. You can't do it. And then you'll turn, you'll turn to the play. I don't want to do it. You know why we say we don't want to do it? Because we feel like we can't. I'm going to fail again. So I don't want it. See, that's a trick of the enemy. Because God don't base, you, base his love for you on that. See, that's what the devil don't want us to know. God does not base his love on what you do. If we could just grasp that, church. See, it's too many fake people in churches, you know, they say one thing and they do another. But God doesn't base his love on, you know what he bases it on? Your trust for him. Amen. Do you rely on him? Are you saying, God, I can't. I can't do this by myself. Can you help me? Do you come to him like that? That's what he based his love on. Although he loves us in, in us, our worst condition. But this is what he bases his blessings on when he look at us. And he uh, accounts it to our righteousness when we come to him in the right way and come to him in spirit and in truth. And not give, God don't want no fake service anyway. Well, I'm going to go to church today, then I'm going to go to the bar. He'd rather you just don't do nothing, don't do none of that. All he needs to do is you to tell him, you know what, God, I'm, I want to do the right thing and I'm doing the right thing. And I don't want to go party. I don't. But everything that I don't want to do, I do. And the things that I should do, I don't do. That's what Paul said. Amen. Do y'all understand how Paul felt? Amen. See, God can deal with people like that. But this being a fake servant, he, he don't like it, giving him fake service. You just be you. Amen. And let God be who he is. Amen. And see, what, we, what God is looking for is reverence from, you know, from us to him. Instead of us treating him like he don't exist. Treat him like you have failed him. It's just like the prodigal son. He said, Father, I have failed you before heaven and before my, my own father. I failed you. He says, I just want to be a servant in my father's house. Because they got better treatment. They get better treatment than I got out in the world. Amen. And so this boy was, was honest with God. 
because and see the one that stayed and did all the work did it with an angry heart look complainers don't get nothing in this kingdom amen amen complainers sit back and watch those that's been screwed up and come back and do well get blessed and complainers still doing what they do and still complaining not doing it from the heart eye service not doing nothing not meaning nothing and then you get to the point where you don't know who you are amen but you keep your hope and your trust in god and never lose that even in the dark times even in the dark days when you don't know if god is with you when you're wondering why heaven has closed its mouth and shut up and god is not talking about that promise that he's told you he's going to give you you know, he tells you everything but about that promise. You know why I found out? Because it's a done deal. It's a done deal. You can bank on that. Because when in the early days, he was always talking to me about my situation. Always. And then when he finally quit, and I said, well, what's going on? He finally told me. He said, that's a done deal. It's already done. At that time, at, in your season, you reap. He says, but let's move on to serving me and doing things for my glory amen hallelujah and so what you have to do is learn and to understand how god is that he doesn't dump his children amen you know the best thing to do for god is to rely on and trust in him amen it's better than works it's better than all this fake stuff. It's better than getting up and falling again. Trust and rely on him and seek to please him. Trust him and know that he loves you. Amen. Trust his love. Amen. And this is what we don't do. Remember that every bad thing is temporary. But is there faith after the crisis? See, if you get rid of your faith, if you dis- destroy your faith, because God has let you down, what's going to happen after this storm is over? you you stuck with nothing. Amen. Are y'all here today? You know what I'm saying? Amen. See, let me tell you, temporary trials are temporary. Every bad thing is temporary. The, um, that scripture we always laugh about, these afflictions are but for a moment. Amen. And um, what's his name? Jesse DePlantis said, that God told him that people make it out of a lifetime. And he said, change it back to a moment. Because these things are but for a moment. They are temporary with God. In other words, look at it like this. See, there's a way to know God. God is, we talked yesterday about God and time. He has nothing, he doesn't adhere to time. He's outside of time because he created time. So if things, if God doesn't move by time and everything he does is but for a moment, if we start thinking like that, we'll see God ain't making us wait because he's outside of time. So he doesn't adhere to, he doesn't answer to time. Time answers to him. Amen. See, that's why the Bible says if things are but for a moment. He says things are one way one day, and the next day is totally different. It's turned around because he decided to touch that thing, and time just changes. And you wonder, how in the heck did they get born again and change? I don't believe this. And we sit and watch people to make sure they're born again. 
But see, God has all of that in his hand. Amen. And so if he says things are but for a moment, trials and tribulation is but for a moment, we have to trust that and we have to try to understand and think like God thinks. Well, if he's outside of time and he created time and he doesn't adhere to time, he doesn't let time bug him, then we have to understand that to him these lifetime situations ain't lifetime situations. They're just like he said, but for a moment. Does that make sense? Did that make sense to everybody? It, they're but for a moment. They are not long. They're not years like it seems to us. And see, this, this is important for you to get. Because if we understand this, then we know that God has not changed his mind. Are y'all here today? Thank you. We know that God has not said no. We know that it's still time to resurrect something that's dead. Old feelings. God can purify them and get them right. Amen. Relationships. See, this is why we need to understand, we need to think like God thinks. If God is outside of time, and he created time, and he doesn't go by how long something is, if we know that, then we won't give up on God. Are y'all here? Because these light afflictions are but for a moment. That's what his word says. He says these are light afflictions. They're not lifetime situations because there's life after the storm. Because this storm will come and it will go, but what are you left with? See, this is why I say all the time, if you never get anything from God, the trip and the journey is what you enjoy. Because it moves you from one state to another state. Amen. You get to know God better. You get to work for him. You get to do some things for God that you would never, man would never have chosen you to do. Amen. He exalts you in, in season and out of season. And so it's, it's the journey. They didn't get that one, but it's okay. Did y'all get that one? It's the journey. Amen. It's what God does on the inside of a man to your heart. Amen. It doesn't matter if you get something or not. It's did you enjoy the trip? Amen. I wish somebody would get that because if you get that, you'd have more confidence in God. You won't see things all the time, but you'll be standing right amidst of things when they happen. Amen. Amen. Every bad thing is temporary. And there's life and faith after the crisis. But if you destroy your faith, it's like Peter when he, he told Jesus, he said, bid me to come if you want me to walk on this water. And Jesus said, well, come. And he held out his hand and, and Peter came and walked on water. But when that storm kicked up. He, he looked at the storm and the waves instead of keeping his eyes, you know, on Jesus, and he fell. But was that experience a waste of time? No, it wasn't. Because Peter learned something about himself that he could trust on and rely on God. Amen? Hallelujah. That there's life over the storm. Because think about after he fell and Jesus extended his hand, the storm stopped. So what did Peter take away after that storm? That's what's important. It's not, it's, it's not about what you go through. 
Amen. Amen. It's not about what you go through. It's what you take away from what, what you've been through. Amen. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. What do you take away from this experience? Are you closer to God? Do you understand him better? Or are you still separated from him and discouraged and angry? Amen. Where are you at in this thing? When everything is going well, when we find God, when our faith is working, versus during a crisis, what do you do? That's what this kingdom is all about. Can God find your faith? Amen. During a crisis, your faith is only as strong as the test it survives. See, if your faith can survive a test, that's how strong your faith is. Are y'all here today? Or did you turn on God and say, well, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. When everything is going good, will God, God find your faith? The answer is yes. But during a crisis, is your faith there? You see what I'm saying? It's got, you got to make that both answers yes. Amen. Because after the storm, your, your faith is as strong as the storm you survived. Are y'all here today? This is why we have tribulation. So that God can strengthen our faith. And let us know. Let us know our weaknesses. Let us know our strengths. You can say, well, I was okay until that happened. When that happened, it's good to track your faith. Amen. And when that, I was good. All this other stuff happened. But then when that happened, and it's good because you can go back and repent and say, God, I want to go all the way with you and not fail. Y'all understand this? And this is why I believe God shows us how strong our faith is. So when we find that weakness, when we find that division, we can go back and strengthen that faith where it's weak. Amen. So after every crisis, your faith is only as strong as the test it survives. Are y'all here today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. Hallelujah. And it says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Be steadfast and immovable. That means stand and having done all, stand and don't cave in because of what you don't see God doing. Because your faith is only as strong as your victory. Amen. It's only as strong as the crisis you you pass through. And, And crises are temporary. Your faith has to survive tests. To be strong. And the more tests your faith survives, the stronger it is. More tests come along again. Tribulation is strong. That's why Jesus was all power. Because he, he didn't fail any test. Was he weary? Yeah, he went up on the mountain. 
and he would cry out to God. He had to for strength just like we do. Amen? Or like we ought to do. But sometimes we just turn and walk away from God. But we need to stay steadfast, unmovable or immovable. Amen. Let's, can we do that in the, in the uh, thank you, verse 57. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, always being superior, excellent, in doing more than enough in service of the Lord. In other words, don't do just enough for God, do more than enough. Knowing and being continually aware that your labor in the Lord is not fruitful. In other words, it's not wasted. It is never wasted or to no purpose. What you do for God always has a good significance. It's you never do something for God for nothing. Amen. Many things that we do, God accounts it as righteousness. When you believe him, when you don't see any indication... He accounts that to our righteousness. He says, you are righteous. Amen? That's good news. That's how you get answers to God. See, sometimes your answer that God gives you is not going to come in the form of what did you do. It's what did you believe? How did you act when you were going through the storm? Amen. And so you don't know what if whether it's going to be this or that that God judges us on. Amen. So that's why the Bible says, having done it all, do it all. And then some. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Now he's saying the work of the Lord is, is uh, evangelism. Telling people about the Lord. And that, he said that's an excellent and superior thing to do. And so if you want to know how to get on God's good side, always witness to people. Give somebody a good word when you see them looking down. You see somebody on crutches in one of those little electric carts in the market. You say something to them. You know, God can heal you. I did that one time, and the lady got up. She said, ain't nothing wrong with me. It's okay, devil. Gotcha. Ain't nothing wrong with me, girl. But you know what? God is accounting it to me as righteousness because I asked. But I said, okay, devil, ride on. <laughs> and give me that chair. <sighs> I tell you, ain't nothing wrong with me, girl. Okay. But I asked because I cared. Amen. <laughs> Your labor in the Lord is not fruitile or is never wasted. That was not a waste of time. Amen. Everybody has faith in something. And this is important, but is your faith in God? Some people have faith in, in man, in friends, in other people's money, in what they see, Friend, you know, uh, relatives, I don't know, whatever it is, money. Most people have faith in money. They don't have it, but they got faith in it. But God blesses us according to our faith. You're laboring the Lord. Amen. It's an excellent thing. You abound in work when you trust God. Let's go to 1 Timothy 6. 
1 Timothy 6, verse 5. 1 Tim 6, 1 Timothy 6. I don't know why I wrote that one down, but I'll see if it works. First Timothy. Hmm. I think that's the right scripture. All right, well, let's read. Let's go to four. It says, he is proud knowing nothing. Well, he's talking about the godless person. Proud knowing nothing but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, reveling, reveling, even suspicions. Verse 5 says, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. From such withdraw yourself. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. That's the scripture I wanted. Godliness with contentment is great gain. In other words, if you're content, just stay content with God, even though it's dark, even though you don't see what you want to see, even though things have not changed, because we can't see what God is doing. It doesn't mean God's not working on your behalf. It means that your heart ain't right yet. Or you're not sure of in what you're believing. But I'm telling you, godliness and contentment in God is great gain. It is not fruitful. It's not for nothing. God looks at that and he accounts it. He puts it in your faith account. Are y'all here? He puts it in your faith account. Amen. Let's see. Let me go on to seven. It says, for we brought nothing into this world And it is certain that we can carry nothing out. You can't take no cars, your jewelry, none of that goes with you because those grave robbers going to take it if the family don't take it. Verse 8, it says, and having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. In other words, learn how to be happy with what you have. This is what God is saying. Because as long as you have God, it's a great gain. It's beneficial to you. Amen. Verse 9 says, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in in destruction and perdition. That means ruin. Amen. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. For which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, this is verse 11, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. In other words, you have need of endurance. Verse 12 says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things. God gives life to all things. And before Jesus Christ who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate. Now look, 
when Jesus was on that cross and Pontius Pilate was calling the shots. Kill him anyway. I see I find no fault in this man, but kill him anyway. Jesus kept his right confession. That's what this scripture is saying. He kept a right confession before Pontius. He was the person that ordered the crucifixion at at some point. Really the religious people, the church people ordered the crucifixion. Bang bang. It's always the religious. Always. That's a shame. In other words, it's the people in your church that play games. They took him to Pontius. And Pontius said, and he was the world. He says, I don't find any fault in this man. Said it several times, but let them have their way. Amen. But Jesus kept his right confession because he knew that if he allowed man to take his life, he would give him life again. And he did. So it wasn't a failure. It was a learning experience, amen, for us to live and to look and to learn. So let us be content having food and clothing, First Timothy 6, 5 talks about. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Do you understand what that is saying? Amen. It is more blessed to give than to receive. This is what it's saying in a sense. However, Our faith is the key to our victory. Your faith is the key to your victory, whatever you're looking for with God. Whatever blessing that you're looking for, I don't care if it is a husband or a wife. If you're looking for that, you need to get with God because God has it. He has the right person because people can look a certain way, say a certain, they know, look, religious devils know exactly what to say. Don't have no power behind it, but they know how to move around and get the right lingo and say the right thing to look and sound holy. But they they don't have the true stuff that it, it takes to be a man or woman of God. They don't have the power working within them. Are y'all here today? So don't ever be like that. Mean what you say and say what you mean. And don't drop God. Keep him. Amen. I don't care if people are asking you, you mean you ain't married yet? Well, they do it. Amen. I'd rather have no husband than somebody that's crazy. Amen. So, you know, stay with God. You get what you want. And he does better than what we, he can look better than us. Because he knows where these people are. He knows where the blessing, who, he knows where these people are that's going to bless your life. Amen. Hallelujah. God of praise. See, you know, they, they talk a good game. But when they put that ring on it, it's a whole different thing. Amen. The th- three Hebrew boys said our God is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. Amen. We won't bow. That's what we need to say. We ain't bowing. We're not bowing to the world. We're not bowing to uh, the homosexuality. It's not okay. I don't care what you say, it ain't okay. It's not okay because God says it's not okay. Amen. But we love the sinner. The Bible says love the sinner, hate the sin, and don't bow. Amen. 
the three Hebrew boys went in the fiery furnace because they said, we won't bow to your God. Amen. So they, they heated up. The king ordered the furnace to be heated up seven times hotter than it normally is. And they threw them in, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they threw them in the fiery furnace. And Jesus went in with them. We know the story. And they came out, and the Bible says none of them smelt even like smoke. But what would happen if God had not come? What would happen? Maybe you take a stand for God, and, and he never backs you up. Do you cave in? No, you don't cave in. See, when heaven shuts up, and you don't hear from God concerning your plea and concerning your request, do you cave in on God or do you keep the faith in God? It's the same thing. Amen. What do you do? What if he don't come and deliver you? What if Jesus had not come and delivered them out of that fiery furnace? Amen. Look, God will always outlast any crisis. Always deliver. He always comes through. But, you know, what if it don't look like he's coming? What if he comes in the midnight hour or to be the God of the 11th hour and you want him to come now because that fire is looking pretty hot? But what if he doesn't come until they throw you in? That's what he did for Shadrach, Meshach. and They were in there. God could have came. When they, you know, open that door of that fiery furnace and start to push one of them in, God could have came then, but he didn't. He let them go in there. That's to teach us something. It's to teach you something. Amen. That there's no crisis ever too big. It don't ever get too bad that God can't come and deliver. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, see, there's life after the crisis. Are y'all here today? Don't ever give up on God because it don't look like he's coming in time. And so much time has passed. Amen. Maybe he's doing it to teach you something, to teach you some faith. Amen. Because God will always outlast a crisis every time. God told Paul, I pray that your faith will outlast a crisis in so many words. I, I pray that your faith will not fail you. Amen. He prayed that his faith not fail you. Jesus told him his grace is sufficient for him when he had a, a trial that was, was com- conflicting with what he was trying to do for God on that road to evangelism. And he had a thorn in his flesh. Did God remove it? No. Was that a dark time for Paul? Yes. But did he quit? Did He, he didn't. Because Paul knew that at some point God was going to pass him, help him get past that time of crisis where that thorn was not a big deal anymore. You know, and it would move. He says, and this too shall pass. And Paul knew that because he knew the God that he served. So all I'm trying to get you to understand is don't look at life as a failure because of God not helping you where you are. Or how long it's been, you know, since you prayed and God gave you that promise. Don't give up on the promise. Don't give up on God. When it's dark, 
believe what God told you when it was light. Believe that same promise when you were in faith. It's still coming to pass. Amen. It's still coming to pass. Hallelujah. It's still coming to pass. True faith will outlast the test of a trial. And that's what we just read in 1 Timothy 6, 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Where's, let's see, do we, verse, we're in 6, let's, did we go down to 12? Let's do 12. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. This is what Jesus did when he was in that, on that cross. He, he kept his good confession before Pontius Pilate and all of those men, all of those people who were saying, crucify him, kill him. He kept a good confession. And that's why he's alive in you and in me. Amen. You can't kill something that's real, but the false will fall every time. The false will fall. Hallelujah. So when you run into tribulation and trials, our faith is as strong as the crisis, it survives. You must survive crisis. You can't cave in. Amen. Let's go to Romans 5.15. You cannot cave in because God has not run to help you. And you can't doubt God. He's either with you or he's not. Which one are you going to believe? He's the same God. We uh, got taught yesterday about God never changes. Amen. Let's see what the what was the name of. That he's ever present. The ever present God. And it means that he manifests his, pra- his presence everywhere. And he changes not. His nature never changes. He can change his mind. But his nature never changes. He never stops loving you. He never stops being with you, even if you don't want him with you. He's not going to leave you nor forsake you. This is the promise that he's given the church. Amen. Romans 5, 1. Therefore having, uh, yeah. Therefore, having been justified by faith. See, when you have faith, that justifies you. It buys you some privileges. Amen with god we have peace with god through our lord and savior jesus christ through whom we also we have access by faith into his grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of god so in other words by faith you receive grace to get through are y'all here See, God doesn't leave you in a bad situation by yourself. He gives you grace to get through. That's a helper. It's a, grace is a sustainer. It lifts you up and it keeps you in the ball game when you want to feel like quitting. That's what grace does. It sustains us. And so it says here in verse 2, in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Verse 3 says, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. Now hope does not disappoint, 
because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So hope does not disappoint you because the love of God has been poured into our hearts. Are you still in hope? Amen. Well, the hope won't disappoint you. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, when you give up hope, you really quit God. Because some people feel like they have a right to be mad at God. But we don't get any rights. Not with God. He created you. He's the creator. We didn't create him. He created us. Hope does not disappoint. So we're not to try to dodge the chastisement of God. That's another thing. Let God strip us. Chastisement is just to strip us of something that's going to be a a stumbling block further on down the road. So let God strip us of things. Let him strip you of your flesh. Yeah, let him strip you of your whatever that stuff is. You know, if you like drinking or you have some type of foot fetish, whatever it is, God, let God have that. Amen. God will remove things in our lives to bring back better things. Amen. Daniel in the lion's den. Proved who Daniel was. You know, he told the lions, he said, you stay on your side of this cage and I'll stay in mine. And the glory of the Lord, his presence was on Daniel. That's why those lions didn't eat him alive. Amen. Because he had faith that God would not allow those lions to attack him. And it proved to Daniel his faith. In other words, if you don't go through something tough, how do you know what your faith is capable of surviving? Amen. You got to trust God in these things. Amen. You can't just switch, keep switching because something looks like it ain't working for you and go to something else because that ain't going to work either. You go to something else, that ain't going to work. God is trying to prove to you who you are, that you're the man or woman of God that he's called you to be. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't run from the test and the trials of God. Hallelujah. Like Daniel, God will prove who you are. He did it for Paul. He did it for David, and he did it for Daniel, and he'll do it for you. Amen? It's called biblical faith. Paul had biblical faith. He said, the things that I want to do, I, I don't do, and the things I ought to do, I do. Or the things I shouldn't do, I do. You know, he just laid it down for us. He showed us that he was just human, trying to do the best that he could do for God. Second Thessalonians Second Thessalonians 1. I'm almost done. I hope you leave here with something. If it's nothing but the trial is but temporary. Amen. God comes for these things. He doesn't let you stay in these things by yourself. The Bible says he's with you as a mighty, terrible one, which means he fights for you. Hallelujah. He doesn't leave you in any situation too long. Turn it back to a moment. These tribulations are but for a moment. And the church has turned it into a lifetime. Second Thessalonians 1, verse 3. It says, For we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting 
because your faith grows exceedingly see this is all god is trying to do is get your faith to grow from one level to another level so he can give you the big prize because weak faith can't get you a big prize are y'all here today you want something big for god give him some biblical faith give him some daniel faith give him some paul faith amen hallelujah and the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulation that you endure. Amen. So in other words, the Bible is telling us to endure that God is with us and he knows when you're going through rough challenges. Not by yourself. Verse 5 says, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God. In other words, God never judges you the wrong. He only has righteous judgment that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. In other words, the kingdom of God suffers violence. Are y'all here today? And the violent take it by force. Amen. You can't fake it. You take it by force are y'all here amen verse six since it is a righteous thing with god to repay with tribulation those who trouble you i'm gonna read that again since it is a righteous thing with god to repay with tribulation those that trouble you honey people mess with you god takes care of them that's what it just said he'll trouble them with tribulation and then those that talk about you and you ain't do this yet you ain't got that yet well how would you like the same tribulation only worse that i'm going through and god will give it to all those naysayers amen all those that don't encourage you in your tough times all those that talk about you because you going through a hard time hard times for them is coming and let's let's see how they handle it amen verse seven and to give you who are troubled rest in other words he's saying rest is coming for you who's been standing rest with us when the lord jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire taking vengeance on those who do not know god and on those who do not obey the gospel of the lord jesus christ and these shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord, from the glory of his power. And when he comes in that day to be glorified in his, with his, in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony among you was believed. Look, if you are a believer, it's going to pay off for you. Amen. It will pay off for you. See, the world don't want believers because they don't want to have to change they don't want to have to be wrong you mean i was crazy i was believing all this wrong stuff you certainly were amen and god doesn't miss nothing he sees all things amen so let's see where am i god wants us to endure in other words endure you may be going through a dark period 
but it doesn't mean that God is not going to give you what you want. Whatever he spoke to you when everything was rosy and you got that prophecy, whatever he said, don't look in the natural to determine if it's coming or not. You'll miss it. You will miss it. People who are carnal and look for stuff in the natural, you got to trust God. If you didn't have to trust God for anything, what's this all about? You know what I'm saying? You got to trust God in this. Believe you receive. Believe you receive. And you will have it. Amen. Endure. And that means to hold on, to persevere, to tolerate, to bear with, to stand firm, not losing courage under pressure see the devil likes to apply pressure because he's already got you written down as a loser that's what he says to all of us but you prove him out to be a liar by trusting god by holding on i don't care how long it takes hold on amen when god is silent do you still believe there's life after the test Because the testing is temporary. Can you believe that? Faith will, faith tells every crisis that you're temporary and you don't outlast me. That's what your faith talks to every bad thing. Your faith tells every test, every trial, you won't outlast me. I'm a winner, I'm a sustainer. God's grace is sufficient for me. I will live to see my blessing. I will live to see the promise. And I won't be too old to enjoy it. So you got you to gotta think better than what we think. Pray that our faith will fail not. When you go to God, ask him to, to not let your faith fail you. So believe God in the silent times. Believe God in the dark times. Because daylight is coming. Amen. We need biblical faith, not this modern day faith that says you don't get the blessing. So you fail God or God didn't bless you. What you do wrong. Amen. So just go and quit serving. That's the devil. You need to be like the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that says, I ain't bowing. I'm not bowing. I don't care if I die in the furnace. I'm not bowing to the world's pressure. Amen. I'm not bowing. I'm not giving in. I'm not giving up on God because he promised me. He promised me. And he's coming for his word. Because the Bible says that God will cease to exist if he not perform on every jot and tittle of the word. Amen. Hallelujah. God is awesome and he's on the throne. He's not forgotten you. He is not. I don't care how tough people are. God will get what he wants out of you. He wants some faith, some adoration. Amen. He wants some biblical faith. Not this 20th century faith that falls and and collapses when somebody say the wrong thing to you. I ain't going no more. I'm not going to serve God. Don't nobody care. You got to be better than that. You got to be stronger than that. 
you got to trust god and know that he is a god that gives good gifts the bible says he gives good gifts to men he'll give you he the bible says if you need bread will he throw you a stone he don't do that he gives you a, a above what you ask that manna that he gave those complaining israelites in the desert when they were do you know that stuff weighed it was it was uh, over 90 tons that stuff that fell from heaven that looked like snowflakes that taste good oh it weighed over 90 tons and he gave them three and four like what it it equals uh what daniel works on the railroad those box cars four and five box cars full every day of fresh manna they didn't want it manna tasted like whatever they liked want chicken tastes like chicken like steak it tastes like steak and it filled you up they didn't like it they didn't want that because they complained all the time never satisfied always want something different that's why they didn't come out that's why it took them 40 years. If they quit complaining that it was an 11-day trip, it took them 40 years and they still died. They got to the valley where they, it overshadowed Canaan, and they saw it from afar, the Bible says, but they didn't enter in because they complained too much, didn't like God, had a plan B, always doing something contrary to what the Word of God was saying. All they had to do was stop making those golden images. Stop, you know, with their foreign tongues and just obey God. And it was burdensome. But they complained anyway because they just didn't like getting along. Then they started fighting amongst one another because they just didn't like what God had to offer them. Amen. But the Bible says in First Peter 5, after you suffered a little while, Jesus will perfect and settle and establish and strengthen you. First Peter. Let's read it. First Peter 5. God will settle you. He's your answer. He's what you need. You want him. That's why you keep serving him. Amen. You know he loves you. First Peter 5. And when you stop looking at the things that you want so much from God and start looking at what do I do to show God I love him. Amen. First Peter 5 verse 9. And it says resist him steadfast in the faith. Well let's go to 8. Be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. In other words, be sober, be vigilant, be spiritually alert, be prayerful. Because there's a devil that's roaming around trying to fight you in your mind. He wants you to keep thinking his way. So he's fighting you in your thought process. Verse 9, resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after you have suffered a while. See, it says a while, which you think is a lifetime situation. May, may the sufferings perfect you. That's what it's for. 
is to get stuff that's in you out of you. It'll establish you. It says perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So in other words, trials are just a brief period. They are temporary in in uh, comparison with eternity. Amen. And power and authority rules. You got power. You got authority. Amen. What you going to do with it? Hallelujah. So whatever God has told you in the light, when it's dark, hold on to what he's told you when times were good. Because he's got salvation for your loved ones, jobs, children, grandchildren, everything that you need, he has. Amen. And he can bless you wherever you are. The Bible says you're blessed in the city and blessed in the field. It depends on you. Faith, but faith is always the order of the day. You can't live without faith. Amen. Faith will bring in whatever it is that you need from God. But don't give up on him. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We just bless you. Now, Father, I just thank you for your word. Bless the people and, Lord, give them ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to them. And we bless you. And we lift you up in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. If there's anybody that needs prayer, I can pray for you before you leave. Let's stand.